Welcome to Legends from the Fireside. Standing upon the shoulders of giants in this genre, Legends from the Fireside is a hybrid storytelling RPG podcast set within worlds of sword and sorcery. In our tales, the dice tell the fates of those worlds, for good or for ill. No character is sacred. Survival is not guaranteed. As storyteller and game master, I craft the narrative from these dice rules and create quests from this chaos, all without knowing what could happen next. Listener discretion is advised, as we may explore dark corners of this genre. But, come now, for adventure awaits, listen in to the legends from the fireside. Welcome back to Legends from the Fireside. In the last episode, the party vowed to return the kidnapped people to this land after surviving the onslaught of Talagor and his marauding bandits. We learn much of the land of Ontora, especially the free people, as we learn of the mysterious exile named Kellum of Clan Goldmane. Kellum stops the party before they leave on their quest, and he insists that he must join them. The party agree though they remind him of the dangers they will encounter. Thanel leads the party across the land to the east, tracking the horsemen to their lair. The party come across the farmhouse and windmill outpost of the bandit camp, as well as the church, which appears to be the current hideout of Talagor himself. Kellum decides to scout ahead in an effort to find out who is the current guard within the windmill. After discovering them to be gnolls, he makes a sudden noise and reveals his location to them. The party engage in a quick but tense fight with these gnolls before killing them off. The party then manage to sneak up on the gang of bandits within the farmhouse and prepare a gruesome ambush, but not before Teriad, Kellum, and Belgin make it known in very subtle ways that they certainly don't feel comfortable with fighting with this much of an upper hand. Chapter 12, Part 1, Day 19, Nightfall, Party Status. Morris has 10 out of 10 hit points. Teriad, 11 out of 11 hit points. Thanel, 9 out of 9 hit points. Belgin, 4 out of 4 hit points. Kellum, 8 out of 8 hit points. Spells prepared. Teriad has prepared... Light, 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 light. Belgin has prepared chromatic, chromatic, chromatic or, 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 or. A wry smile crossed his face as he looked down at his cards. Garand had never been a lucky one, and if he was one to believe in luck in the first place, he would likely believe he had some of the worst luck around. 
He had worked in the stables in the far western town of Stormfair, though he'd run up a tab too large at the tavern and picked a fight with one too many of the locals. Though he'd rightfully earned many of those split lips and black eyes, he'd been under the impression that it was all a matter of his bad luck. But today was different. Today, he'd bet it all on his hand, and his bold move had paid off. If this move didn't pan out, he would have just split and run farther east. Surely there'd be some sort of work available in Pellhagger. The stacks of gold and silver coins upon the table were as good as his now. And so, as his smile grew larger, and he began to show his cards to the rest of the bandits, something caught his eye in the bay window. A strange reflection off of a metal blade in the window stopped his smiling, and his jaw fell agape. As he stood up to turn and run, he tossed the chair aside, and the front door crashed wide open. Three warriors came through the open door with weapons drawn, and behind them, an archer and a gnome blocked their only exit. Combat begins. The warriors sprinted in and began swinging on these unsuspecting and certainly unprepared bandits. Kellum, Morris, and Terriad each managed to kill a bandit as they slashed, stabbed, and bludgeoned the foes to death for nine, six, and five hit points respectively. Belgen and Thanel fire through the open doorway at the remaining five bandits present, with both landing a strike on a target, Belgen wounding one for two hit points with a sling bullet, and Thanel striking another dead with an arrow. The frantic screams of alarm filled the farmhouse as bandits scrambled to find anything worth wielding. Before starting round two, I ought to check the morale of these bandits, as they lost half of their numbers already. I'll need an eight in order to succeed, and I got a six. The bandits figure they can outnumber the intruders and maybe press on. Round one. Initiative. The bandits got a four, and the party got a one. Two of the bandits here attempt to tackle Kellum to the ground and subdue him. As both cling to his arms, Kellum shakes them off like loose leaves. The other bandits ran to find weapons to wield, returning with knives. Kellum tries to harm one of the bandits with his broadsword, missing with an arcing swing. Morris, however, stabs one grabbing for Kellum, killing him with a seven hit point stab. Terriad, seeing one wounded by the gnome sling, smacks him across the temple for two points of damage, subduing him. Oh. Thanel and Belgen again try to shoot through the doorway. Thanel misses, but again Belgen wounds a bandit for one point of damage. Oh. I'm gonna roll again for a morale check, needing an eight. I got a ten. And so the bandits are going to plan on running to the church to warn Talagor of these intruders. Round three. Initiative. The bandits got a one. The party got a four. Thanel manages to shoot one with an arrow for five points of damage, killing them. Belgen attempts to help, but he misses. Kellum and Morris kill the last two remaining with nine and five damage, respectively. 
standing among the dead, Kellum, Mars, and Teriad's chests heave from the onslaught. Belgen and Thanel quickly race into the building, and while they may normally cheer for such a fortunate victory, the stern and pained look on Kellum's face says it all. Teriad approaches the barbaric warrior and says, I'm sorry you need to take his part in such acts. I can tell this pains you. Kellum accepts the kind words and lifts his head to look each of the party members in the eye. A threat to the collective is a threat to us all. I cannot act as if these vagabonds were not the same who just the other night had terrorized the people of Okalo. They wrote their own fate with their actions. Morris then nodded in agreement as his gaze turned to the coins and cards upon the large table. Morris looked up into the party and said, Do you think that Talagor's men would have kept some of their treasures in a place like this? Terriad and Thanel shrugged before looking back to the dead. Terriad immediately praying over their bodies, and Thanel and Kellum looking outside to plot their next moves. Morris then looked to Belgen and said, would you like to help me look for some of their ill-gotten gains? Belgen smiled a half-hearted smile and joined Morris. Belgen begins looking through the pantry and the bedrooms, but to no avail. Morris begins to pat around at the pockets of the dead. To his surprise, not only does he find 66 silver pieces and 20 gold pieces upon the table and within their pockets, but he also finds a pair of gemstones, a topaz and an amethyst, worth 50 and 100 gold pieces respectively. Morris excitedly pours these out onto the gambling table as he counts them all up, but a small silver key fell out of a leather coin pouch with the gold coins. As Morris began to consider his luck with the sight of this key, he heard Belgen, who was now looking around in the basement, call for help retrieving a locked chest. As Morris dragged the heavy chest upstairs, he excitedly stuck the key into the lock. As the lid popped open with a click, his eyes illuminated at what he saw. Within, he found 1,000 gold pieces worth of mixed-matched gold and silver jewelry, a single piece of jade worth 10 gold pieces, two bits of moonstone worth 50 gold pieces each, two pieces of polished lapis lazuli worth 100 gold pieces each, and one ruby of excellent cut, worth 500 gold pieces. Last and most impressive, a sapphire cut in the shape of a heart was worth 1,000 gold pieces. Morris looks then to Kellum and Thanel, who just returned, and offers them their portion of the loot with a proud look on his face. Kellum simply rejects the offer, as does Thanel, and he states plainly, I shall forfeit my share of the loot for the people of Okalo. Surely they need it more than I. Again, Thanel nods her agreement and agrees to give her portion to the folks of her home. Terriad then tells Morris, We should hide this loot since we are planning such a risky move. Better we keep it safe in hiding rather than we endanger our lives carrying all of this around. After a few grumbles, Morris packs up the treasure and hid it under the bed within the master bedroom. Returning now to the main chamber, the party were ready to head out to this Talagor, 
and face perhaps the toughest opponent yet. While our party members are busy recovering from that tolling victory, I think it's time we talk a bit about the world outside of this bandit camp. As is the case with many solo games, we will need to introduce an oracle of some kind at this point. Since our party are becoming well established and gaining some enemies and potentially allies in the future, we should see what it is that all of these characters and groups are up to. I can't think of a better way to do this other than to introduce the popular oracle by the game Mythic, published by Wordmill Games. This oracle features a long list of ambiguous terms and actions, with the person consulting the oracle rolling two d-hundreds and getting one term from each list. The real beauty of this oracle is how vague and ambiguous it all is. This allows a player to have their solo game directed in a certain and unplanned direction, although the player is now on the hook for explaining the meaning of this strange pair of words. I don't plan on explaining much of these in detail right now, and instead they shall act as portents for the future of the campaign, offering me some scaffolding with which to move forward. Let's start off with a group we are all too familiar with, Salisbaum and Company. I rolled and I got a 30 and a 55. This translates to break suffering. This one seems pretty straightforward. Salisbaum and his allies will break apart the loyalty and bonds among the nobility in order to cause suffering, though they also plan on breaking their agreements with the Black Mask in order to cause suffering among those ranks as well. Now it makes sense to look at these two villainous groups as well. The Ravenous Maw got a 93 and a 16. Proceedings, love. I have an idea of what I'll do with this, and it'll likely play into the group's primary beliefs. The Black Mask, however, got 94 and 88. Dispute Illusions. Interesting. Very interesting. If I'm going to use this phrase in the way I'm thinking right now, their involvement in this campaign is going to be a lot larger and a lot scarier than I initially anticipated. Lastly, let's give the Lord of Delagrad, Adro Kaelroth, a bit of a running story while his lands are under siege by these lurking forces. I got a 19 and a 95. Waste nature. Oh boy. I was not expecting this sort of finding at all, and coming up with some sort of a story to tie this into is going to be a tough one, but I have a feeling our heroes will be checking in on the Lord soon enough. While we are all trying to figure out what these oracle roles mean, let's take a jump back to our party and see how they are faring among Telegor and his bandit company. Chapter 12, Part 2 
Day 19, midnight. Party status has not changed. After waiting for an hour at the farmhouse, the party prepare to make their next move, knowing well they will be in trouble if the bandits realize their guards posted at the farm have been killed. The bandits of the chapel are still tired and recovering from their raid, and others are merely nursing hangovers from their celebration of ill-gotten gains. For this reason, I'll suggest 50% of the population here will be sleeping, and the other half tired and certainly not vigilant. The chapel walls are decrepit, and the front doors themselves are hanging on only by rusty hinges. As wind whistles through the building, it tugs at the doors and sends shivers down the spines of the captives within. Though the cage they'd been locked in was makeshift and not durable, none of the ten captured people thought of attempting an escape. They peered through the large toppled wall before them at the front entrance's courtyard, where twelve of these treacherous outlaws were enjoying a meal and telling jokes and stories. In the short time they'd been in this holding cell, they'd already learned much of these bandits and of Talagor. And although they hoped they would have help arrive soon, it was painfully apparent that if help was not quick, they would miss the bandits as they planned on leaving to a more formidable camp in the morning. Kellum stood tall and proud on the hillock looking over the chapel, only moonlight illuminating the fields he and his companions stood in. I'll go again. I need to see where they are hiding the townsfolk, and where that dog Talagor is hiding. If we can behead the serpent, we can release its strangling grip. As Morris recoiled from the gruesome image, then Elk chimed in with her approval. I think you'll have a better chance this time around. They seem a bit too preoccupied to notice you. Morris now stood up and brushed off his hands on his pants. I agree, but don't be too brave out there. If something goes wrong, we will need you by our side, okay? Kellum nodded solemnly and then lowered his posture to a crouch as he stalked towards the chapel, drifting between grasses and shrubs. The rest of the party went back to hiding only a hundred feet away from the bonfire that the ten bandits now sat around. Kellum has a 20% base chance to move silently, but due to the tired and drunken bandits on duty, I'll add another 40% chance of success, giving him a 60% chance of success overall. I rolled and got a 45, a success. Kellum skulks up to the eastern face of the chapel, near a group of horses they had tied up. As he listens in on the conversation of the bandits, I'll give him a 2 in 6 chance of hearing vital information. I rolled, and I got a 1. Let's see what information they grant this barbarian. One of the bandits inhales swiftly as he redresses a bandage upon his hand painfully. Another chuckles at the man's pain and points drunkenly. Well, look what that fool did to himself. Got his finger nearly bit clean off by that squirrel living under the chapel. As the man finished dressing his wound, he spoke without looking up from the bloody hand. It wasn't a squirrel. It was a badger. It really did get me good. The laughter of the men around the fire in response to this admission only made the wounded man shake his head. 
He cracked a small grin a moment later as he looked up at his companions and said, It'll be awfully funny if Talagor goes using that tunnel we dug up and he finds that badger up in there. I gotta admit, he probably won't win that fight. The laughter of the men exploded into the night, and Kellum took dutiful note of this. As Kellum sat patiently waiting for a few more minutes, the party members began to get restless upon the hill, worried that something may have happened to him. Kellum, at this point, was worried he may be wasting their precious time, and decided he'd heard enough. As he began to sneak back to the hillock, I'll need to see if he goes unnoticed. Using the same numbers as before, I got a 96. Oh no. As Kellum began to walk out of the makeshift horse stalls, his foot caught on a discarded saddle, making a loud clatter as the buckle hit the stones. The camp went silent, and immediately the bandits began to stir about, reaching for weapons and light. Since Kellum is about 30 feet away from the camp, I'll allow him the opportunity to run from the bandits and perhaps find some cover to hide in. I'll have him roll a dexterity check, which is simply a d20 roll below his dex score to succeed. I will need to get a 12 or less in Kellum's case. I got a 4 on the die. So Kellum runs as soon as he makes a noise and attempts to hide in some of the larger bushes to avoid bringing attention to his companions. I'll need to roll to hide among the bushes. With a base chance of 10%, I'll give him an additional 30% because the bandits are tired and drunk, as well as the fact that it's dark out. I rolled 14. So the bandits search around for him, but eventually they give up. Soon after, Kellum sneaks back to his party and tells them what he's learned. It seems Talagur has a secret tunnel exit, meaning he must reside beneath the chapel and he must be ready to escape at any time. We will need to hurry if we want to succeed here and we will need to catch them off their guard. Belgen now chimed in, counting the now 15 gathered bandits out front. You're not wrong about that, but what will we possibly do? The party began conversing about the different methods to draw the bandits before finally deciding to split the party up to get the best chances of surprise, perhaps breaking the morale before a true battle even begins. Thanel prepares to throw a lantern filled with oil that she'd found in the farmhouse directly into the bonfire in order to perhaps injure or kill a few bandits, while Teriad, Morris, and Kellum will move to the east side in order to free the horses giving the bandits no chance to escape easily. Belgen is reluctant, but readies himself with his sling in order to help however he can. Before starting combat, I want to see if the party's initial action of throwing this lantern goes off or not. Thanel, being the best of aim, will be able to lob the lantern at a minus one penalty for distance, as she has since snuck up about 50 or so feet from the camp. Belgen stands beside her at the ready. Since she's hitting a large stationary object, she will need to roll only a 10 or higher. I got a 19, meaning she gets a direct hit. The rules for an oil flask burning state that a single target would take a d8 of damage from the attack, 
but this fireball-like explosion would likely hit all surrounding. So, I'll roll 1d4 for each of the surrounded bandits. Since the average health for one of these bandits is 4 hit points, I'm just going to roll 15 d4s and consider each 4 on a die to be a bandit on fire, burning to death. Let's roll those now. Alright, I just finished rolling, and I got 6 out of 15 d4s rolling 4, meaning 9 of the bandits gathered will be left, though they will be very confused and very alarmed. I'll suggest that this explosion warrants a morale check before combat truly begins as well. I need to roll an 8, and I got a 4. So the remaining bandits are not backing down from this explosive attack. Next, I'm going to roll for Kellum's silent movement up to the horses in order to free them. With his base skill and bonus for the fireball distraction, I'll say he has an 80% chance of succeeding in this. I got a 24, so Kellum approaches quietly and begins hacking away at the ropes. Terriad and Morris were side by side now, on the outskirts of the horse stables and the bonfire, and the two exchanged knowing nods, thinking back to the last time they'd been outnumbered in such a fight. Terriad reached into his bag and retrieved a bottle, handing it over to Morris with a slight grin. Morris looked back at him after studying the glass. The potion of speed? You really are nervous about this one, aren't you? Terriad replied as he looked up to the stars above. Our luck might be running out soon, Morris. Let's at least even our odds a bit. Drink up, friend. Morris, seeing Thanel hold up the lantern in the faint moonlight in the distance, poured the drink down his throat. It was citrusy, effervescent, and crisp. One might even consider this refreshing. As he finished swallowing, he felt his heart begin to pound faster and faster. He felt his muscles twitch and tighten, and he looked back to Terriad. Soon, an explosion followed by screaming filled the night. Combat begins. Before I delay this combat even further, we need to see when the other bandits within the chapel will come out to help their burning allies. The nine remaining bandits within the camp will come out in 1d4 rounds. I rolled and got a 1. Not good for the party. Round 1. Initiative. Bandits got a 4. The party got a 3. The bandits, in a fury, charge up the hill towards the Nellen Belgen, rushing to wherever that firebomb had come from. Other bandits within began to stir, and one bandit in particular shouted down a shaft within to Talagor, warning him that they were currently being raided. Luckily for the party, the bandits rushing the hill couldn't close the distance, finishing their charge about 20 feet away from Thanel and Belgen. Morris, under the effects of the potion of speed, hurries up to the charging bandits and swings in swiftly on the bandits' rear, killing two bandits with great ease. Terriad and Kellum ran towards the bandits, but couldn't close the gap in time. Thanel shoots an arrow into the charging foes, but misses out of fear. 
while Belgen launches a bullet from his sling, killing a bandit with a shot to the forehead for four points of damage. Round two, initiative. Bandits got one, the party got four. Terriad and Kellum finally join Morris in the fray, Terriad missing with a wide swing, but Kellum manages to cleave an outlaw nearly in two with six points of damage. Oh. Morris continues his swift stabbing, killing another two of these bandits with four and six points of damage respectively. Uh. Realizing they wouldn't fare well attempting to run away, Thinel and Belgen hold their ground and fire again, with Thinel missing once more and Belgen managing a single point of damage as a bandit is hit in the cheek with a sling bullet. The three bandits that are left on the hill proceed to swing in on the melee combatants who snuck up on their rear, but only one lands a blow as he slams Kellum in the ribs with a reinforced table leg for three points of damage, leaving him with five hit points left. Talagor and a troop of additional reinforcements now walk out of the chapel, standing by the fire where the writhing and charred bodies lay. The party look down and see their quarry standing armed with only a pan flute, a rapier sheathed at his side. But before the party can react, seeing the bandit king, the master of fear in all of his glory with his fabled pipes, it is at his lips and the haunting music begins to fill the air, cutting through the din of battle. Belgen, wincing, looks to his companions as the fighting seems to have stopped, and he sees them all slack-jawed, bandits and companions alike, walking slowly down the hill towards the chapel entrance, as Talagor beckoned them, saying, Come to me, my good friends. We have so much to discuss. Thank you for listening to an episode of Legends from the Fireside. If you enjoyed what you heard, feel free to leave a five-star rating and a review. Some of these reviews may be read at the end of episodes. You can also reach me at Legends from the Fireside on Twitter, or you can email me at legendsfromthefireside at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening to the show, and be sure to come back soon to listen to more Legends from the Fireside.